Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host of the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Sean, it's that time of the week. It's Q&A, and we have yes. some great questions. Of course, we're going to start off with the biggest news of the week, which was not just a debate, but Donald Trump getting a mugshot yesterday in Fulton County, Georgia. No, he did. And I got to tell you what, I, I wasn't sure what he would do. Is he going to is he going to have a smile, a smirk? I see his picture. And so he's he has a he has a he's he's scowling. His his uh, his eyebrows are coming closer together. He's leaning in front of his head down, kind of putting his chin down to the picture. I think it was a brilliant photo that was taken. It shows the disgust and anger that he has. He just um, he hasn't been on Twitter for. Yeah, yeah but can't you say you yeah, sure. think about that? He he thought about it. You know, oh, some yeah. people get their mug shot and they smile or they look sad or you look at that photo. And he looks angry. The picture says everything. And it's interesting because he has he has light on the left side of his face and the right side of his face is shaded. That gives it just a, a little more depth and 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 adds to the anger of the moment. Um, his hair is shiny, by the way, in it, the in the shot. And it's real. It's real it's and it's shiny. shiny. Listen, this is this is humiliating. This is terrible. A former president being booked um, for the fourth time. And he he actually went on Twitter. He you know so he was suspended from Twitter. Elon Musk bought it, brought him back last October, and he has his own platform, Truth Social. And so he doesn't post on on Twitter now known as X, but he did today. And he said it's the pit, the it's mugshot and it says election interference, never surrender, DonaldJTrump.com. And I think it's smart because he has millions of followers followers on Twitter. That's where the conversation is at more than true social. And he's reaching the people to go, listen, let's let's call this for what it is. There Joe Biden is trying to jail me, his lead opponent. That's what's happening here. Well, and the terms. Democrats are trying to pick the Republican nominee for president. Listen, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion. I have I have a group I have a great group chat with some Republican women that um you know, we send each other articles and all kinds of interesting information, and we have debates and conversations via text on this chain. And I would say everybody is this is this is made with the exception of one one of the ladies. All of the ladies are now 100 percent behind Donald Trump and they come from a diverse background. They're not all just, 
you know, born and raised in Wisconsin. I have some that are, you know, from Latin America, but are part of this group. These are people, um, especially I would say those of us who understand Latin America, we've seen this before. You know, uh, 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 Chavez, Hugo Chavez put his opponent in jail. Nicolas Maduro, who followed Chavez in Venezuela, put his in jail, by the way, for inciting a violent protest, which should sound familiar to Americans now, which would sound like a ridiculous charge um, to Americans. But now is just, you know, another another week in American politics. So this is serious stuff. Um, I, I, I guess they're going to challenge us to vote for Donald Trump from from jail. So first off, the, the world understands what's happening, right? You can try to package this into, yes, we don't like Donald Trump as Democrats. And I know the world loves us Democrats because we're globalists and we want to give you all money that America can't afford. And so we too hate Donald Trump. We didn't like the America first strategy because they're not Americans. Those most Americans did like the strategy. Um, even though the leaders around the world may not like Donald Trump, they recognize this for what it is. It's a third world authoritarian move to jail your opponent. That's what it is. Um, can, I, can I say that one of the things that Sean has been, and I want you to lay this out because I don't think anyone's talking about this, Sean, other than you. And it makes complete sense to me. And that is what are so everyone's looking at the politics of this situation. But what are the financial globe, the global financial implications yeah. of our system Looking like this. So just real to the quick, world. $32 trillion in debt. No one has had that much debt in the world ever, but the United States. You can sell that much debt into the world when people trust you, when they believe in your rule of law, um, they'll buy your debt. Yeah. But this prosecution, we're talking about it in the sense of politics. But if you look at it financially, I think this causes a lot of countries and businesses and rich individuals around the world who buy our debt to question the trustworthiness and the rule of law in America. And if they choose to sell their debt and look for a different secure asset, they sell U.S. debt, all of a sudden you have skyrocketing interest rates because you got to pay more to get people to buy your bonds. And one of two things happens. Yes, rates go up or the Fed prints more money and buys our own debt, which gives you more inflation. Either way, this is a disaster for the American economy. It could, I mean, you- You, we, you think over the next six months, we'll we, see, start to see some movement? We could kick into a Great Depression. We could kick in, and it's not just the US. This could be, this has global, global economic yeah, no, consequences. Absolutely. So, and again, I think all of these, you know, but, okay, the, liberals out there, they're not, they're not fundamentally understanding what's happening um, and the consequences of what they're doing. They've been taught by CNN and MSNBC to hate Donald Trump. But they're not thinking about how it's going to impact their lives, their ability to buy food and have a job and and fend for and feed their families. Um, as the United States is going, I think they're having some big G20 summit coming up. The BRICS, China, Brazil, India, Russia, they're having a big old meeting in South America. And, and, the and add that to what you're talking about. Um, our currency, our dollar stability on the global financial market has never been in more jeopardy. So, so China, and this this indictment, this this mugshot, this just mockery of our system, this it's it, it just is fueling this. So China they steal our technology, right? So they 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 manufacture technology more in the US or more in China than the US. They 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 manufacture ships and planes and cars and like they're doing they're a manufacturing base. The the, the politics 
involving their military as well is real in China. The last straw they have to break is the global reliance on the U.S. currency. And that's why they're trying to partner with others. You mentioned the BRICS, um, including India uh, and Brazil. They want to dethrone the dollar. And that's their mission. And Joe Biden's helping them do it. Exactly. We're helping them do it. Right. By so, by by having the world lose trust, as you said, in the in American system, the American rule of law. OK, so before I move on to have some really great um, questions here, some of them relationship questions. But before we move on to that, any last thoughts on I the do, debate? So, not, not the debate. I'm going to tell one last thing about Donald Trump. And it, it, it okay. is amazing uh, what his family is going through right now, his his children, yeah. his wife, even his team. I mean. You're looking at Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows America's and others. Mayor. They've all been prosecuted. So the Donald Trump team understands it's not just Donald Trump, that the Democrats will go after them as well. And, that, criminal, but- and criminalizing legal advice. I mean, now you're interfering. What lawyer in America wants to represent Donald Trump? I mean, that's one of the things that was great about you talk about our system um, is everyone gets to get representation. But if you think that representing Donald Trump means you're going to go to jail, you're not going to be able to get the best advice if you're Donald Trump. Yeah, that's third world. We, we, we that give, is totally third we, world. We give axe murderers, child molesters. We as I was I, I practiced. I was a prosecutor. We do believe that everyone's entitled to 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 great representation, um, and we want to find someone guilty not based on the fact that they didn't have a lawyer, but because they had a good lawyer and they're actually guilty. This is a new step to go. You know what? Donald Trump is not entitled to legal representation because anyone who chooses to represent him. We're going to blackball their firm. We're going to shun their firm. We're going to put pressure on their firm. We might disbar people in their firm for representing Donald Trump. So many lawyers don't want to step in and be part of his defense team for that alone. And so, um, yeah, this this is all a, a new frontier. But again, Donald Trump is making sure everyone understands why it's happening. Yeah, he's it's doing a good job with this communication. Me. It's you're, for all of you. You're right. It's it's a it's a very good job. This is election interference. And by the way, expressing skepticism about election results, if you are a Trump supporter, is now illegal right. in the United States. What, what, what I meant to say is how I'm amazed at the man. I, I really am. He is so chipper. He's in such a good mood. Um, he doesn't not, look like a good mood in that mugshot. He doesn't. But if you if you see him around, he is in he's in high spirits. Um, he's thriving on this fight for America. Um, and I think, again, a lot of people wouldn't do it that way. But he is a remarkable man, mission driven to save this country that he loves. I love the pictures of him hugging the American flag. Um, I was in Milwaukee with him right after he was elected. I was a U.S. congressman. He came out and, you know, he was talking about the Christmas trees that were there because it was he was elected. But Christmas, he hadn't been sworn in yet. Christmas trees and the American flag and how much he loves both Christmas and America. And I'm like, isn't it great to have a guy in the White House? who actually says Christmas and loves Christmas and respects our flag. And that's part of the offense. Well, now life. he's now he just got a bug shot. That's what you yep. get for that. Um, yeah, it's it's a really weird week. Um, it's a really sad week. But um, I, I think the communication out of that team is very good. It's simple. It's to the point. And I think in the in the wake of this debate, um, I think it's been a good week for Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, well, listen, it, 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 it's it's a horrible week. It's a horrible but, week but for him. Week. But in terms of what the stakes are, yeah, it's kinda, a good week so, for Donald Trump in that it's very clear with what's happened to him, what happened at the debate 
he's the he's the only guy standing. You mentioned the only guy you, you mentioned his comms team, and he does have a good comms team. But most of the the great comms, the comms, comms is him. He is the comms team, the comms. <laughs> and which is why it's so authentic. It's this all like no one else is writing the stuff. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. All right, let's go topic two. What do we got in there? This one's really sweet. It's what's it like to have a child with Down syndrome, which is a great question. question. It's a very good question. So let me first explain. What is Down syndrome? So Down syndrome is a genetic variation in the cell division that produces an extra full or partial chromosomes of 20 uh, chromosome 21. So that's sort of like the technical of what it is. When I was around, I think I was around five or six weeks, six months pregnant. Um, I had got a call so they can now figure out through a blood test. Every pregnant woman gets a blood test and they look at that blood test and then they kind of look at your age and they have this probability um, and it came out like 99% probability that our, you know, last child or ninth child was going to have Down syndrome. Other people have what's called amniocentesis. I'm not a big fan of amniocentesis because it has some potential danger to the fetus. It's a more accurate um, way of getting um, a, a reading of what's going on with the fetus, but it's 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 also more dangerous to the fetus. And it wouldn't be dispositive. It doesn't matter. We're gonna have the baby. Yeah, for what. us it didn't matter. Like, why do I need to know a hundred percent? Because no matter what, I'm gonna keep my baby, of course. So we knew she was gonna have that. We also knew in utero that she was going to have a heart defect. Um, she had two holes in her heart, and some of the the chambers were were malformed. Yeah. Um. So we knew that within the first six months of her life, she was gonna have to have. Um, a surgery open on her heart, heart open heart, heart open heart surgery on her heart. So that's sort of like was probably the toughest part. Um, anticipating that, um, the stress around the surgery, and frankly, caring for her for the first few weeks after the surgery when she came home and she was so fragile was a little bit scary. Um, there was a lot involved. Yes. Yeah, so she had a surgery on a Monday morning. We actually didn't want to stay over anywhere because we didn't. We wanted to be clean in our house. So we had to drive from Wausau. It was Wisconsin. in the middle. It was at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, we had to drive down to Chicago. And and we left early in the morning to drive to the hospital to bring her in. And I just, I remember we they, they had her on a little, you know, bed, a, or a big bed, like for adults in the hospital that roll around. She's and tiny. She's Yeah, she's tiny. She was like, she's she small already, but she was six months old. Yeah. And when they came in and got her, um, they didn't roll on the bed. Um, we were hugging her and they, they grabbed her out of our arms and they carried her into surgery, which I thought, you know, it's the, the, the human touch of, of those moments. And it's the, for me, that was one of the hardest things to give your child over to go into oh my surgery. 
um, hand, you uh, hand your baby over to a man in the scrubs who's going to open her, you know, chest up and do surgery on her tiny heart, which, by the way, your heart, they said, was smaller than the size of an earbud case. You know, it's tiny. How they fix them. But the problem is, so here's the deal with Down syndrome. It was it was scary. Like, I was I'm open to it because I was like, listen, people who have Down syndrome children, they love them. They say they're can I tell the moment wonderful. when I told you that that the, the sure. said, so the, the doctor called me, gave me the news. Said it's ninety nine percent sure. I was pretty, you know, stressed out about. That. I was dealing with some other family issues at that time. So then I got this news. They were like, "Make sure you're sitting down." When they gave me the news, they kind of it was a little bit dramatic. So like, I kind of was a little bit, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm worried, emotional, I, emotional. I call up Sean. <laughs> I go, Sean, are you sitting down? Yes, I got some news to tell you. All right, shoot. And I tell him that our baby's going to have Down syndrome. And he's like, is that it? Is that it? I'm like, yeah. He's like, honey, this is great. Everybody we know that has kids with Down syndrome says it's the best thing that ever happened to their family. And boy, like your attitude in that moment, like every bit of fear. That's one of the reasons I really love you, Sean. I appreciate Um, that. Every bit of fear just dropped out of my body. And what you said turned out to be true. Well, it was the best thing that ever happened in this family. But make no mistake, it's it is it is, it is scary because we've never had a child with Down syndrome. No, we had we hadn't. But uh, but you know what? We you talk. We we actually started talking to people with kids again. We we'd heard stories. But we started talking. We to, met. We knew people. Your yeah, colleague. Yeah. Had uh, Kathy cool, McMorris Rogers. Kathy McMorris Rogers. Know really well. She's now the chairman of the Energy Committee. Yep. She was uh, uh, from Oregon, right, or Washington, Oregon, Washington State, and her Washington. son Cole. We had awesome gotten to kid. know over the years. He's a great kid. He's a great and, our, kid. and our kids loved him. They, yeah. they We did events together with them. Anyway, um, we were, in the end, we're excited. And we had this beautiful baby. And now she's almost four years old. She's going to be four at the end of September. And she is happy, a little sassy, um, the most lovable. When I come home, Skippy loves me. That's our dog. Skippy like comes and greets me all the time at the door. And so does Valentina. They both. Yeah. Come. Those are guaranteed greets yeah. at the door. Everyone else. Not so sure. They're like, yeah, yeah. Dad's home. They come. I get hugged. <laughs> Skippy jumps on me. Valentina gives me a hug. But a happy little girl. She goes to, she goes to, a uh, number of kids went to preschool. She goes to preschool for services and there, there's a great preschool program. And she, um, she's she the joy l- loves it. Yeah. The school bus. She loves so, the school So the bus. bus comes to our house. So I've say there's a lot of things I don't like about New Jersey. The, the services they have for special needs, we've been really super impressed with. So there is a bus that comes to our house. And boy, do I pay in taxes for that. Yeah. We definitely got our money's worth with our taxes on that. So that, so that a bus comes when school's in session. A bus comes, picks her up from the door. Uh, not the door, but just down the street. Um, picks her up. She gets on the bus. The first day is the only day she cried. Um, and by, by the way, I think I cried more than she did when I put her on the bus and she didn't want to go. But sure enough, that was the last time um, that she ever cried. She loves going to school. She gets on the bus. She goes to school while she's at school. She's in a classroom with other children who have, you know, typical children. So she's integrated. She is, by the way, I will note the only child they've had with Down syndrome in the school district in 10 years. Now that is a sign of what that's a sign of, of, of um, they're exterminating this class of people. That is because so many people we now know that around over 90% of diagnoses with 
Down syndrome and in abortion. And so there aren't very many of them. And the the this area, for whatever reason, um, has a lot of abortion on because it doesn't statistically make sense that they wouldn't have one in 10 years. So but anyway, she's there. She's super loved. They call her at school the mayor because she is so friendly and she is talks to everybody. One of the things that you'll notice, you know, the question, like, what is it like to have a child with Down syndrome, a child with Down syndrome has no prejudice. They see everybody the same. And even and as I've gotten to know many um, people with Downs as adults, they maintain that non prejudice about people. They see everybody the same. They love everybody. They have they're super affectionate. That is one of the things about that's so lovely about children with downs. They're very affectionate. Um, and she loves music. So we had a movie on last night with my parents. We were sitting watching a movie with our, my parents and the other kids. And for some reason, this movie had a lot of soundtrack, like music in the background. And so basically we had two movies we were watching because she was in front of, you know, in front of the coffee table, looking at the, but dancing the whole, the whole time. time. As we yeah. watch the movie, because she loves music and she loves to dance and she has great rhythm. And just, and just real quick, she so we go to church. She'll want to walk up and down the aisles and say hi to everyone in different yeah. pews. Or if we go to the restaurants, restaurants. She'll go to other tables. She walks up, says hi. Um, I went to, I brought the kids to open skating, and I had them all. You weren't there, and so I had, you know, the, the little little so, kids go ice skating, ice skating, right? And she was with me. I had to go tighten the skates. We go in. I'm tightening skates. I don't have ten hands. I only have two, and I'm. They want to get out on the rink, and so I've got to tighten skates. And I have to set her down and she starts walking up and down the rink. People are in like a circle talking adult. She walks in the middle. Hi. And then she'll hug them. Like, Who is this? <laughs> so great. There was like a 15 year old. She's not even four. Little boy is walking with a 15 year old. So he's kind of in that awkward 15, but he's got his hockey bag and he's walking out of the rink and she's walking towards him. He's walking towards her and she stops and looks up and is like, hi. And ways of, and he he just walks right by her, but like she will stop and greet and love everybody, and that's the, to your point. They they make life better. Um, and they make the world better, and you start to see uh, you you start to see the world through their eyes. And I wonder all the time if that's why their purpose. It's like this is the way we should be seeing the world, and you know we always talk about the value of walking in other people's shoes, right? Um. The fact that we are exterminating 90, we're exterminating an entire class of people through genetic testing and abortion and really depriving the world of the opportunity to see the world, perhaps in the way we are meant to see the world through the eyes of Valentina. When you're around someone with Down syndrome, and I, and again, we could say this firsthand through our experience with Valentina, blood pressure goes down. Um, the world just be, makes a lot more sense. The worries of the world go away. They, she has this ability to just make you be in that moment with her in a way that I would say typical children can sometimes do, but don't do as consistently as a child with Down. It is something very different that they bring. And boy, is it sad that we're eliminating them. So I did a related. We did a story last night on the bottom line. Um, in the UK, the birth rate has fallen. And in the US, the birth rate is falling. People are not having kids or they're having fewer kids over the course of their lifetime. Um, and there was an Oxford professor who was talking about what a great thing it was that in the industrialized world, we're having more babies. Um, and we had this conversation with Douglas Murray, who was great. Um, 
but the joy in life is having kids, whether it's a down down syndrome child, whether it's you know other children. It's a it's a it's a great life joy. And the fact that we have a culture that's selling people on the fact that they shouldn't have kids, or if you have a Down's child, you should abort them, is outrageous. And the sad. It's the, just, po- the, the so point sad. that this professor at Oxford was making is we're basically the the human race and the white human race, the industrialized white human race, is the problem. And, and oh, is that what this this British professor, professor was saying? Oxford but, was saying yes. And oh, he was um, basically saying it's we're having a lower birth rate in the industrialized world in the Western world, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, because um, we're the problem for global warming. Like we're everyone's a racist, I guess, and we're polluters. And Douglas Murray was like, the human race is not the problem. Yeah. The human race is the point. Is the right? point. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Douglas, that is right. It, it is the point. Um, so but, wait, 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 your mom is here right now. Your mom is from Spain. My mom and dad live, live with they, us this summer. And they speak Spanish. So now when she says yes, she'll say si. Yeah. <laughs> it's way easier to say yeah. si uh, than yes. Si. Do you want this? Yeah. Si. si. Um, but I will say that the, the, the achievements come slower, but they're also sweeter. And there's a lot more celebration around each little milestone and, and, kids, and by the, the way, kids, can the I say the impact on our kids? Yeah. Our kids, first of all, Valentina is the family favorite. Like yeah. she's the one thing everyone's crazy family agrees on. Everyone loves her the most. She's the first one. Every, you know, I was just out in LA with our son who, by the way, just got engaged and we're super excited about it. And, you know, I go and see him and his, his uh, fiance. And the first thing they say is how's Valentina? Um, but everybody I ran into, if I run into Dana Perino, how's Valentina? Uh, yeah. Everybody wants to know how Valentina is doing. Everyone loves her. Our children are much more patient. Uh, they are, um, I, I just think, and they also are more aware of other people. I notice that when we are in other, you know, public settings, they notice other people with special needs or disabilities. Um, they, they, they sort of notice them. And I just think, that's a wonderful thing that you as a child scan the room and you notice who those people are. They deserve to be seen as much as anyone else. And they see them. Um, they're, they're not afraid of them. They will often go up and talk to them yeah. and engage with them. Uh, they have Valentina has made the world a better place. Her purpose. I have no question about what her purpose in life is. And again, that's why I'm passionate about talking about Downs. I use my platform on Fox and Friends to talk about it as much as I can because I do know there's a lot of moms out there and I get it. There's a lot of fear around it. There's a lot of really awful doctors um, and and genetic testing stuff that happens that puts fear in women. So if you are a mom out there, if your daughter is pregnant and has this diagnosis, if somebody in your family, your friendship, your friend group has this diagnosis. I really hope you will have them listen to this podcast. I am telling you, it's it will okay. be, it's Chris, okay. Great. It will be the best thing that ever happened to your family. No doubt. hundred percent. Okay. So here's a really interesting question. What is the right way? Well, you know what? Actually, I'm going to ask this other question first. Okay. Because this, this one's interesting, but this one's kind of related. Um, This first question is related to what we just talked about, which is, what is it like you, you, you talk about intergenerational living? Why do you like intergenerational living? So throughout the year, we have, you know, different periods of time, a couple months here, a few months there throughout the year where my parents um, live with us. I know lots of people in my life whose parents 
live with them or near them. Sean, your family, I love, they don't live, your parents don't live with your, but they live down the street right? Um, from their, from your brothers and sisters in your little hometown up in Northern Wisconsin. Um, and they meet all, almost every day for coffee. For coffee yeah. um, they go to mass together. They meet after mass. So let's talk a little bit about what are the joys and the, the, some of the challenges of intergenerational living. So first off, I just think with with my own family back in Wisconsin, um, yeah, they, they don't they don't all live together, but they're all by each other. And again, they have coffee together, they have dinner together. They'll they're in communication. They'll see each other at the grocery store. Um, What's the upside of that? You, well, listen, I think to 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 stay connected to your family, to stay connected to the place from which you come, and you can do that by by real property, homes, or you do it by the relationships that you have. Mm-hmm. They're meaningful. Um, and they, they bring better joy to our life. I think it's important for kids to know their grandparents. Um, and so often, you know, just a, a couple day, you know, stop in at the grandparents' house. Well, Thanksgiving when, once a year. When you live a thousand miles apart is different than actually having a relationship and building a relationship with, um, with, with, with grandparents. And there's this tie into history, um, in the family story that's shared and passed on that you don't get just if you're there for a few days. It takes time. It takes time. Like any relationship for those stories to come out for those bonds to be built. Um, uh, I I think having my parents here, for example, I mean, there's some adjustments and I think it's really good for kids to learn to adjust to different, you know, personalities and, and generations in a house. Um, and, and, and we learned so much, um, from them and they learned from us. I think they're better off. I mean, we're, our family's pretty chaotic. Um, but I think it keeps them younger. I noticed that. I feel like they're a little younger, a little peppier when they're with us than when they go back to, to their condo in Arizona where, you know, they're probably surrounded by a lot of other people who are similar in age to them. When it gets a a sub hundred degrees, they they go back, right? It's really hot out there, but you know what? They, they give us good ideas as well. Yeah. We learn from them. Yeah. They, they, they see what we do and they offer advice and change things up. And oftentimes that's for the better. Sometimes we're like, no, 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 no. we're going to go back to the old way. Yeah. But oftentimes it's, it's really good advice and we're open to it. Um, and again, you well, obviously we're older older parents and run, you know, number nine, but they still have good advice. Oh. So an outside observer that you love and trust to watch what you're doing and try to change it up a little bit can be a really good positive thing. So I think the best part are the dinners. Um what preparing dinners together, sitting around, having dinner together as a family. Um, I think there's nothing more beautiful, there's nothing more meaningful, and I think there's nothing our kids will take away more from these these periods of time. And I, I, I think they're really blessed. I have, they have other cousins who, who do spend quite a bit of time with my parents, but not the kind of extended time. And I think my kids are blessed. Just, for that. just one, one quick thing. Your mom, Peely, you said she was a great cook when she, when you were younger and I haven't seen like, she's an amazing cook, but she makes simple things that so are well. delicious. I'm like, I'm not going to let her leave. I'm going to keep her because she's such no, a You great tell her that all the time. She cook. just loves when you say um, that. And your dad, your dad is really my dad. Make, my mom makes great rice. Their Spanish rice yes. is just, there's nothing the like it. The tortilla de patata or the tortilla de patata. And she makes Sean's favorite, which are croquetas de jamón. Oh, the croquetas are so good. Yeah. I never and had my, those until my father. My, my father's a good cook. He ma- He's also a good little baker. He makes chocolate cake whenever yes. anybody has a b- birthday around here. So that opportunity, if, if you have the opportunity to have parents come and stay with you for a while, or if you get a little, just a little lengthier, a little lengthier period of time to be together, I think that's a really healthy and helpful. And one thing also, and this has been, I think part of our plan at one point, 
my parents are probably going to at some point have to live with us. I do not want to put them in a home. And so the more time that they, the more extended periods of time that they spend with us, I think the less shocking and the less sort of um, difficult that transition will be. I think a lot for a lot of people who live in their home by themselves, that that next step can be very difficult. No doubt about that. Yeah. So right. I think the more time they spend, the more natural that next phase of life will be. And I'm looking forward to it. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Um, last question. What is the right way to fight in a relationship? So I'm going to start with the wrong way. And the number one, if you talk to counselors, therapists, the biggest ding ding that they have when people come in to see them because they're about to get divorced or they're having a lot of marital problems is that there are people that come in who don't fight. That is a bad sign. That is a bad if sign. If you are not fighting at all, if you never fight with your spouse or your or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, that is not a good sign. Yeah, you're not you're not winning the gold medal on that one because everyone has disagreements. Of course, you you that you means you're stuffing you the down someone or you live with someone. You're going to have disagreements with that person. Any healthy relationship has disagreements, and so uh, I, you're right. You have to you have to, and we'll put it in quotes, fight. Uh, or disagree or argue about the things that happen in in, so in your life together. What's the right way to do it, so listen, Sean? We've gonna, learned I'm, over the ages. We have, and, so, and listen, it's, I it's, say ages, years. It's a moving, it's a moving <laughs> target. Sometimes we're, in, we're we're better in some fights and worse in others. But I think we have figured out a little bit of a system. There's a little bit, of, yeah. And so um, there are certain things that we know about each other um, that we share. Obviously, we're married. That are off limits in fights. Yeah. Right. There's something that you'll tell me that I'm like, that's not to be used in a, in, in a, in a fight that you can't keep bring the fight about the, the fight. fight. Right. Don't bring up other stuff. Don't pile on. Don't try to because what will happen is if I do that to you or you do it to me, then the other one, they, they get really mad because it's not about the fight. And then now you're digging at them and they, that's not, you don't, can't get out. Don't don't dig at them. Yeah. Fight about what the fight is about. Um, I think it's important to listen. Right. And and so if that's hard for me, it, Sean. it is hard for harder for you. So <laughs> if if you want to come at me just because I'm listening to you doesn't mean I'm agreeing with you, but I have enough respect for you that I'm going to listen to what you want to tell me. And I'll try to understand where you're coming from, though. I might disagree with it. I'll try to go. Is she crazy or like and and but by listening, then I want to respond and go. This is this is my perspective, my point of view. But when you listen and then communicate and communicate and listen, you can get to a resolution. But if 
you say one thing that I disagree with, and I'm like, no, that's not right, and I'm gonna yeah. Well, you can't, you can't you get out of the, me, you can't get out of the mud, um, out of the moment. Um, and it's respect, right? You, it, it's respect for the other person to go. You're you're ticked off. You, uh, I'm, I have enough. I love you enough and respect you enough. I'm gonna listen to you. And again, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not agreeing, but I'm gonna listen. And then I want you to listen to me as well. And that's the fastest way to get yourself into a place of resolution. So I also think that when you're fighting, it's really important. And and, and this takes this has take taken time for me to understand. I we all bring in, by the way, the way our parents fight, the way things are done in, in each other's family into um the relationship. And so each each partner or each couple, I should say, has to figure out what they're what they're bringing into the fights from their own patterning in the past that's not healthy and what they're bringing in that is healthy so th that's something that that takes time to figure out because a lot of times you do things in just a fight you saw well, i'm sorry you just you do things that you saw in your yeah you home. do things you saw or heard and you don't even realize that you're doing it and so it does take a lot of introspection and by the way that is the whole point of marriage it's called in Catholic terms, we call it sanctification. It means it, it it means you're doing a lot of introspection so you can become a better person. And a lot of that comes out in a fight. So a lot of times we are fighting based on patterning and we have to work out what are we doing that we don't even know we're doing that's hurting the, the purpose of this fight, which is resolution. And that's the point I was going to get to. Understanding when you're in the fight that the fight is not about who's right. The fight is about finding a resolution to this situation you're in and it's really hard to do that because all of us like to be right or all of us think that we're in the right situation but every fight requires a hero because in order to find that resolution i may have to put my sword i may think i'm right about something a certain aspect of the fight and i may have to put my sword down on that one in order to get to the higher goal which is you know maybe something else and so this is it, it requires a lot of self-discipline. It requires a lot of introspection. It requires hard, a lot of humility. Humility. You know, in Catholic theology, they say the 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 core sin, the number one sort of the center of all sin is pride. And so it is really hard to be humble in a fight. I'll tell you for Sean and I specifically, what has been hard is I have a Latin temper. And he generally has a much more sort of even keeled Midwestern, um, although he is an Irish grudge holder. Let's let's put that, that out there. Little, let's put that out there. Definitely put that out there. That's been a problem. I do not hold grudges. I I yell, I get it out, and I get over it. Um, Sean is a little more um I'm Puerto Rican and and, and well now well, here's the problem. So Sean has Sean in Congress worked a lot with the Puerto Ricans and they loved him so much because he loves that island so much. And he has done so much good for that island that they made him an honorary citizen of Puerto Rico. And so sometimes in our fights, Sean thinks he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> and I have told him many times there's only room for one Latina in this marriage <laughs> and in Latinas. this fight, there's not two. <laughs> and so he's taken on. That's another interesting point. You have taken on some of my bad, some of my a bad bit stuff. I have. And, so, and I have to take on more of your good stuff. So, but I also think it's important. It's a very good point. Um, yeah. but, but I think you also have to, at some point, you can get in the heat of it, 
Try not to say things that are beyond the fight that are really hurtful because the jugular, it, that's it, not yeah, good. Yeah, doing that stuff will will never bring you to resolution, no matter how bad you are. You, you made a good point. It's being disciplined in your fight. And frankly, talking about some of the rules on how you fight be, when you're having a good time, when you're actually maybe sitting having a cup of coffee together. When, when to the talk about, over, yeah, and you're getting along, have some rules and talk about how yes, you should engage agreed. in the future. And if someone, if someone violated a rule to go, listen, you're, I mean, you're you had me on the ground and you're punching, not, not I'm saying metaphorically punching me in this argument, you're grabbing my jugular. Come on, dude, that you don't do that. We should just, we have to stick on the fight. You can go back and have a good conversation. Go back and when and you're analyze anymore and you're in a good space, go back and talk about what, what went well, during that fight, what, what didn't go well, well, what didn't. Cause that'll, they, cause they, again, the understanding of how you do it is really important. But I also think, you know, both you, you might not come to a resolution on who was wrong and you write that sometimes you have to put your sword down, but there are times you, when, when someone is making their, if you're making the point to me and I'm listening, I can go, yeah, listen, I, I, guess I see what she's saying. I don't, she doesn't see it the same way I see it, but I get it. And maybe I was wrong. Maybe I, maybe I wasn't doing the right thing, or maybe I was offended by something that I shouldn't have been offended by because something else was happening and it's okay to go, okay, listen, all right, I'm sorry. Right. And you do a really good job of then letting it go. Like, don't hold on to the fight. If I'm giving you an apology and I recognize, hey, I was not um, I wasn't cool. Right. Then you're like, all right. And you let it go. You don't hold also, on to it in the middle of the fight. If I if I see say something, if I did something and I'm like, all right, we may be arguing. I think I'm I, I shouldn't be sorry for something. And I hear your point of view and we might be arguing about it. And then I'm like, all right. OK, I get that. OK, I'm sorry. I'm that sorry. I, no, I didn't say it I'm like sorry. that. I didn't say it like that. I'm sorry that I did that. You will go, all right, I appreciate that. And it kind of brings the temperature down. But it took years for us to, to get, get there. To the, and so I guess that's the advice that I would give people is to understand, one, you want to set rules for how you argue. Later on, when you're not heated, you want to go back over what happened in the argument to go, this went well, this didn't go well. But what you will see is if... If you're doing this right over time, you get better. You get better at at sort of noticing these, knowing where the triggers are, avoiding these minds, not avoiding the fight because it's important to talk about what's bothering you. I we talk all the time and we argue a lot about things. And but I would say early in our marriage, and I've said this to young couples all the time, our first year of marriage was horrible. Um, it was the worst. It was the worst. Everything went up from there. But part of it was we didn't know how to fight. And that and and the fights became from little things. They became massive fights. And now I think we're able to know where, you know, the fights just don't get as big as they used to get. Yeah. And I right. Think, oh, you, they, I, you're right. Because we got, we've gotten better at it. But uh, but also um, if we're fighting or arguing about something and all of a sudden, again, if 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 I'm if I'm wrong and you're right, and then I'm like, but I'm wrong and I'm right. And now you said something or did something. Now I'm going to make the fight about what you just did, not the original point of the fight. But what you that, did in the fight. In the fight. That and we're going to fight about what you did in the fight. All of a sudden, no, you no, hate no, that. Stop, stop that. We're not going to we're not going to do that. Don't try to jujitsu me. Jujitsu me. Let's keep this on what the fight is about and what you did wrong. <laughs> right. It's true. I have turned fights into, into fighting about the fight. Fighting about the fight instead of the it's original nice person. And it, which goes back to the original thing I said, which is the fighting is a good sign that you're getting things out, that you're working through problems. 
but it has to be with resolution in mind, like that you're, you have a problem and you're trying to get to the resolution. Cause if not, what will end up happening is you will keep fighting the same fight over, over and, and over and over again. So there has to be a resolution about how we're going to resolve this. So we don't keep having the same fight, but what will happen to people who don't fight also is that they it never resolve up. it. It, it builds, builds up, up and then they get, it's explosive, it, right? It is. So just, I guess, as I think about this, the two takeaways that I would have is you have to listen. So shut up and listen to what the person is saying. By the way, you also want to have some equal time. One person should not dominate the conversation. They yes. should go back and forth. You listen and then you respond and then you have the respect of the other person listening to you. That's the best way because then you're communicating and actually hearing. You do this to me all the time. You're like, listen to me. Stop trying to think about how you're going to respond. Yeah, because I can see I'm, to, I'm talking. Here's natural. what happens. I'm That's talking. I'm, I, I'm telling him my point of view. And I can see on his face that he's formulating his answer. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't think about your answer. Just like, don't control me. Yeah. And he's like, don't control me. <laughs> um, but don't formulate your answer. Really listen to what I'm saying. And, and then think about it. Take a, take a beat there. And the other, and the other think about it and then respond. So that's, that's key. And the other key advice is when it's over and you're back in good spaces, sit and talk about what went well and what went poorly. And that in your own relationship, you can then divvy up kind of rules, create rules around how you're going to do it and do it better in the future. And you can't do that in the fight. You have to do it in a time of peace and love. And, but but it'll make you better in those bad times. And those bad times will will not be as bad because there's there's guardrails. In there are you're definitely going to has engage. to be some guardrails there. Uh, um, that's absolutely there has to be some guardrails. And just really trust that the longer you're in this relationship, the longer you're married, hopefully the better you're I think our I think our fighting has become more productive right yeah. like there, there are conclusions there are our goals that are met at the end of it that doesn't mean they don't get sometimes they can get vicious uh because yeah. I can be I'm a Latina and yeah. I can be mean and there's yeah. no question about that but but um and by the way I I do think the yin and yin and yang of this has been good I think if you were Truly Puerto Rican. I'm not sure this would work with so us. Just, I just and, and th you're just Puerto Rican sometimes. Just sometimes. Usually, I'm I'm pretty amicable. I think I'm right, and then I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm like, five, but and I'll let stuff go. And once in a while, yeah, I if have he, to. If something is, if, if I have yes. been seeding, seeding, once in a while, I'll be like, bull. I'm gonna, I'll stand up, and I'll like, I will not put my sword down. I'm like, I'm not going down on the. No, no, no. I know when there are and, very. And, he doesn't. He do, there's not a lot of things that really. He puts a stake in, but when he puts, I'm not letting it. When he it puts out. the stake down, I know, like, it doesn't. No yeah. amount of Latina arguing is going it's to change this. So, it's but, but I like that. There's just a few things. It's not a yeah. lot. He generally lets me do my thing. He doesn't it, micromanage me. I, not too much. Not too. <laughs> no, he doesn't micromanage me at all. But there's certain things, and it's good. It's good. You know, it's it 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 creates respect. There are some boundaries that I know I can't cross with Sean. And I think that's a good thing. And by the way, if, if you're dating, the, it, these are good skill sets as you date yes. to learn yourself on what the best ways are to do it. Because the bad habits you get in the, your dating life will carry over into bad habits for your marriage. And so get in the habit of doing things the right way, um, right away, and you'll be better off in your marriage. And by the way, you might marry someone who is really bad at it. And you're going to have to be the instructor. You're going to have to be the leader of the marriage. You're going to have to, you're going to have to be the salvation of the marriage and how you do it because you're developing the skills through dating 
to get you to marriage to make sure you can do this effectively. But my my feeling, Sean, is that and, and this is, of course, just based on our own experience that marriage the fighting in marriage is just not the same as the dating. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's just that's different. True. There's a whole other yeah. set of, of things that go on. And that's I think true. the, the, but also there's a beauty about it too. The permanency of marriage. If you're really thinking of marriage and, and, and Sean and I really, and this is a really important point. This is actually the most important point. And this is why marriage is so beautiful. If, if, if you've entered marriage as like, just like a ceremony that you did. And if it doesn't work out, I'll get, I'll get divorced and whatever. I mean, Sean and I entered marriage. It's a sacrament and it was a commitment and a promise that we didn't just make to each other. We did it with a third person there and that was God. And so for us, there's no way out like the movie, right? No way out. Um, And so it changes the nature because if, if I know I'm going to be with Sean forever, then the way I fight through this, it's got to be. It's, it changes the nature of the fight because you can't get away. From I can't. Me. I I better resolve this because we're going to be together forever. This isn't like a. I got to win this fight or else I'm out of here. You know what I mean? There, or there, this isn't like a deal breaker fight. This is like we got to work this out because we got 50 more years, honey. Right. You know. Um. So, this is that is why I think marriage fights, especially if you enter marriage in the right and proper and spiritual way sacramental way as we say it in in catholicism um it changes the nature of the fight and it's just not the same as when you're dating so the end consequences you will probably fight less and you'll fight better and the fights will be shorter if you uh implement some of these plans okay so good good advice really good advice and really important for marriage successful marriages need to do this well and they have to do it and they have to do it right um, so we have to go in just a moment because uh, I, I'm going to tell you a little embarrassing story. So I, you know, I speak climb, right? And at Fox and Friends last summer, we uh, Rick Reichmuth, Rick Reichmuth came to Lumberjack. He's our Hall weatherman at Fox Wisconsin. and Friends. And we had a couple of young bucks climbing. So what they did is, we, let me explain. Fox okay. and Friends came to the Lumberjack World Championships, and Sean was basically our correspondent on the ground, showing everybody at Fox and Friends. Back in New York and across log with all rolling, of our viewers, log so rolling, chopping, chopping saw. So speed climbers. We had some, I had some young speed climbers. Sean is a three-time to... world champion speed climber. That's how. That's what he was doing when I met him. I was I was young and in shape, and I've done it a million times. So anyway, I, these two young guys are there climbing. I'm going to join them in this. It was a tease for the next segment where we're going to come back to Lumberjack Bowl. These guys are going up the tree. I'm a little older, slower than I used to be. They're beating me, but I'm like, you know what? Gravity works because so it's a race up and down the pole. So you got to race up and then it's like free fall back down. So they beat me up and I'm like, I'm going to come down really fast. And I did like I've normally done. Like what you've always I done. That's how you pad. won. When you hit the pad, my, my right arm went up in the air like it's done a million times. And I got, once it came back down, I'm like, oh my, I was in so much pain. I almost whited out. And you thankfully went to break. I couldn't like after this, we were done. We went to have dinner, the uh, lunch. I could barely eat. Couldn't, couldn't get my hand up to my mouth. Couldn't brush my teeth. Anyway, shoulders was just got hurting. a little better, but not great. So I went and got an X-ray about two, three months ago, and I broke my shoulder. Well, what happened is, no, no, no. He had an appointment a few days later to go <laughs> see a doctor. His brother got him in in the town where where he's at in Hayward. Got an appointment, but his his shoulder was starting to feel a little bit better, and it was a beautiful day. And he wanted to go 
um, on the lake on the lake because it was a gorgeous day. And so he didn't go to the doctor. He canceled the appointment and, and didn't they, go. And what a mistake that was they because they could have fixed it without they could have fixed it like introscopically or whatever yeah. they call that. Um, but he didn't do that. And so basically for the last year, he's been running around with a broken shoulder. He didn't know it. He's been working out. He's been doing all kinds of stuff, water skiing, doing all but kinds never of got things. Better. And so I got went in like, so oh, yeah, finally no. it didn't get better. And we talked to, who do we talk to? Of course, Nicole Sapphire. Right. And she said, Dr. Sean, Nicole. Dr. Nicole Sapphire said, uh, you need to go see the doctor, Sean. And so she recommended a doctor for him to go in. They looked at him. They, they did an x-ray and turns out that for the last year, he's been walking around with a broken oh, shoulder. So today, um, I'm, I'm, we're actually late right now. This is the way we roll. <laughs> I'm going I'm going to do shoulder surgery. Um, I've never been cut. Never, never been. Never had a surgery yep, like I'm that. I'm going in. They're good. It's like a four hour surgery to, they got, they got to like graft some so, back on my bone. Sean, so Sean's been a little bit nervous about this. Wow. And he told his producers that, you know, I, I, you know, this is Friday. I'm having the surgery. I, I think I should be okay on Monday, but I don't know, like if I can go into work or not, just Trying giving to. you, I'm going to yeah. try, but, and I started laughing. Like I had, I've given birth and by the way the last one was the only one that i had a c-section and i did fox and friends like four days later after oh. having a c-section and a baby and nursing you did one hit. you're going to work on monday i was i'm, I'm good I, I plan on going to work on monday but i'm like, gonna be in a sling i know but it just kind of cracked me up how I, like precious you think you are so way, I'm, going <laughs> in on, I'm gonna go in on monday to work and people are like what you're gonna go to work on monday take a day or two i'm like Listen, I don't want to take a day off for a broken I, shoulder. I, I would like for you to stay home and hang you. out and I'll nurse you. But I just want you to know you're going what to you're going through with your shoulder <laughs> is nothing childbirth. compared to childbirth <laughs> and a C-section. I just want to make that very clear. See, this is the sympathy I'm going to get today as I I'll go be a nice surgery. nurse, but right. I, my sympathy is is going to be a little tempered by the fact that, you know, I had a baby. You had a baby. and you were, I had nine. Yes, you had nine babies. All right. Um, so we're going to go do surgery right now. Be limp and gimp. Um, but listen- Great podcast. I enjoyed it. From Down Syndrome to how to fight on how to fight Donald Trump. Great picture. Uh, the best the best you could make it um, and a little bit of surgery. So listen, everyone, thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you like this podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Um, you can get us at foxnewspodcast.com. Always uh, please subscribe. Uh, you get a notice every time our podcast drops Wednesday, Thursday and Q&A on Friday, which is today. Um, and until next time, when I have a little PR, I'm in a sling. Yeah. I tell the kids a lot, like, do you know I have surgery today? And they're like, shut up, dad. We know you have surgery. They keep talking like, about it. <laughs> they can't get away from it. So now it's a, it's a family joke. Like, yes, dad, your shoulder yes, hurt. Dad. Yes, dad. Yeah, you broke your surgery. surgery. Yeah, whatever. Want, want, want. All right, everybody. Listen, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Listen ad free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad free on the Amazon Music app. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.